Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Jamusemeche. At She Brigade, we aim to empower by aspiring to storytelling. On this show, we chat to different phenomenal women around South Africa, and we dive into their stories and journeys that have led them to where they are today. Let's dive in. Okay, hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of She Brigade. Today on the show, we have Nakolo Peter. Nakolo is an ethics and conduct risk manager at one of the big four banks. Uh, but what you also do on the side is you have a gourmet food company called Cheesy Steaks, and you've also run you also run and have founded First House on You Becoming. Now that's a women's organization that you've been running for about three years now, mm-hmm. and it's grown to eight countries. Actually, yes. can't believe it. Eight countries, right? Yeah. And you also have a branch in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like not just Africa. Like you're going global here. Yeah. Okay. So welcome, Nicola. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here today. So as we do um, on this show, can we just take it to the beginning? Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about who you are, a bit about your upbringing, and yeah. So I am a small town girl. Mm-hmm. I grew up, well, I was born in the Free States in Bethlehem, and I grew up there, went to school there. But growing up, it was very confusing for me because I grew up in a Kosa household. We were speaking Zulu but my friends were speaking Sutu. So that taught me so much, I think, about people and cultures and Mm. getting to learn different things. And I think that has come a long way now in my life because I can relate to a whole lot of people. Yeah. So I think that was one thing that was great about my childhood. And then I think primary school, my parents divorced. Mm. And then I grew up with a single mom, a strong, courageous incredibly beautiful single mom and she raised me and my little sister but it was never just us so my mom is a teacher so what she do is literally every other week there's a new person coming in the house and she'd be like oh no she needs to stay here for a few weeks or a few months or whatever the case may be (laughs) you know so it was always just a whole lot of people and obviously girls because my mom has never had boys so Mm. she always just bring in girls either bigger, um, sorry, older than me or even younger than me. So it was always just like a sleepover type of thing. Yeah. It was always like a sisterhood. Like So there was a strong sense of community. As well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And just getting to be around people that you don't really know that much and just getting to know them, their background, mm. um, who they actually are. So it was very interesting. And I think that's where I am now as well. That's what I'm doing in my okay. life, I think. So it's, trans- it's actually directly translated into you now yeah yeah because I think uh, back then I never really understood why that was happening and at some point I feel as though my mom was a bit selfish why is it not just us you know (laughs) you wanted all the attention (laughs) yeah but now that I look back at it I'm like that was actually like the beginning of this whole sisterhood journey Mm. so I've always been in that and I think it was only a matter of time before I also started my own sort of sisterhood thing yeah yeah Yeah. have you did you ever like go back and ask her like why did you do all this so i have and it actually started with her family okay but then with hers it wasn't just girls so she had three siblings so it would always oh and the parents had like a soccer team or something like that so in the house there would always be like so many people so it's like something that she got and then she just 
carried it through. Mm. And yeah, and I think sometimes it's also about maybe she was lonely. She was a single parent after yeah. all. So it could be that. I don't know. But she says it just started with her parents. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so tell us, like, when you were growing up, what did you want to do? What did you want to um, work as? And what did you end up studying after that? So it was actually really weird. So my mom, um, if you guys ever meet her, she has, like, the craziest personality. So she literally made sure that I take part in everything. Mm. So I did sports at school. I did, um, um, what's this, um, music lessons. I did modeling, but the typical beauty contest. Yeah. I did like literally almost everything. <laughs> okay. And I don't think I ever wanted to be any of that. I generally always wanted to be a lawyer. A lawyer? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because my uncle is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think it was also something that um, people around me always used to say, oh, you're so tricky. You should be a lawyer. <laughs> and then it was just an idea that, oh, maybe I should be a lawyer. <laughs> okay. You okay. know? Yeah. yeah, type of thing. So I think I wanted to be a lawyer. And then when I was applying for varsity and they wanted that essay, I was like, bye. Oh. Miss me. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. And yeah. what did you end up studying? So I ended up studying um, a BCom, which was also something that I didn't intend on studying. Mm. So in high school, I did your physics and bios and whatever the case may be. And then I got into Junior Taiki, where we were brought into the University of Pretoria for a week, went through engineering classes and bio whatevers. And I didn't really... Relate. I felt like this is not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, even if I do do this, it's probably because maybe my parents would want me to do it or my mom. But I didn't really feel like I fit in. Yeah. And I think back then it was a whole lot of boys. And I was young, I was like, this is a boy thing, you yeah. know? And yeah. even in high school, like nobody guides you. You're just mm. like, no, not for me. And then um, what ended up happening is that a girl from my town was also in tax. And she started a, a BCom auditing. And I was like, oh, I don't know anything about this. Maybe I should try that. Okay. And then I got to tax. And luckily, they had financial sciences, which had auditing. So I did that. Oh. And then I ended up doing my honors in auditing. Um, if you are doing auditing, no offense to you. But, yeah, I didn't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm confused. I don't know. But I didn't really <laughs> like it. Um, but then I ended up getting into the workspace, into a graduate program where mm. I was doing auditing. So I did it for six months. This was your total. first job after yes. varsity? Yes. Okay. So I got into one of the banks and then it was a graduate program on mm. auditing. And half the time I was bored. And then the other half of the time I was really unhappy. Mm. Um, I think it was a point in my life where... I actually, my, my depression started there. Mm. So I was very depressed. Um, I would literally go to work and then I'd start up, I'd do whatever I need to do. And then I'd go back to my car and cry. Yeah, It was that deep because I just felt like it wasn't for me. And I think the environment as well yeah. was not that great, especially for somebody coming from university. So this was, yeah, I think it happened for about six months. And then I had to make a decision. So during that six months, 
it gave me time <laughs> to do my own thing. So I started my cheesy steaks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so because I wasn't doing much, because I was so depressed, um, I actually would sometimes be at work and research about cheesy steaks and whatever I needed to do. Mm. And then, yeah, that's how cheesy steaks started. But also at some point I was like, you need to step out. You need to step out of this environment. Mm. It's either you quit your job, you stay at home, and you wait for next year. That was actually an option because I was actually willing to wait to do another graduate program yeah. the next year. Oh, to start, yeah, start yeah. the new year. Yeah. But because, you know, we have to live and survive. So yeah. I couldn't just quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I did was um, there was this opportunity that I got where um, it was sort of like a graduate program meet and greet with other teams and then I met these two incredible women um, I don't want to mention their names in case they don't want me to but then I told them my my situation mm. and then they were like okay they were in risk and they were like you know what don't you want to try out our world see what you know it has to offer mm. and then I think it took two three meetings and then I moved to that team. Okay. Which at the same place where you were at. Yes. Okay. Which at that time, um, it wasn't really something that people did because we didn't have a rotational thing. So yeah. it was a, a matter of staying within the same cost center. Yeah. But just moving to another team. So it was a very complex model. So everything, my leave, whatever, would still be approved by the same people, but I was in another team. Mm. But it worked because I got to learn so much. Um, but also during that time when I moved, it was a time that I had been applying for other things. So I was going for interviews and I went for an interview for the company that I work for now for the graduate program, but for the next year. So when I was there, the lady was like, oh, and let me tell you, I just oversold myself <laughs> I was there like I can do this yeah this is me you know so I didn't downplay anything I didn't yeah. say to her no okay maybe I don't know I'm not comfortable I was like I'm comfortable yeah throw me in there you know and then that lady was like you know what based on your ambition and because you're so confident mm. um I don't think you should waste time again in another graduate program but I do know somebody in the bank who has an opening, who's been looking for someone. Okay. Yeah. And this um, position, I didn't really qualify for, for in terms of experience. Yeah. My, my qualifications were okay, but they needed, I think, somebody with three years or something like that. So the lady was like, I'm going to push, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply for you either way. Let's see how it goes. So I went for the interview. I met the lady who's still my boss to this day. And it was a very short interview. She mm -hmm. wanted to know about me. She didn't really care about what I could do, you know? She wanted to know about me. And that's such an important thing that I'm going to carry forever. Yeah. Because I think it's so important mm. to judge people's character and their ability to do mm. something, especially if they're fresh from varsity. I mean, where do we get the experience from? Yeah. And then, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's true. <laughs> exactly. So this woman was just like, you know what? We're going to give you a chance. Let's see how it goes. And then they gave me a chance. I'm still there so you had like I, I, like i'm getting why you into sisterhood so much yeah like it, like during this time you had a lot of people just people who didn't know you exactly fight for you 
and they were just on your side and you know people just had people believed in you yeah well these women specifically because yeah. from you you mentioned women and women yes. and women it's been yeah which is interesting because like half on the other side you find that sometimes women are always you know against other women yes Yet you had an, a very beautiful experience yes. where you've had women actually fight for you. Yes, mm. and I think you, you're actually mentioning an important thing. I, I've never really looked at it that way. <laughs> I always like, oh, that's an incredible woman that yeah. did this, but I've never really looked at it as a whole thing that it was actually always women. Mm. And I think that's so interesting because, like you're saying, nowadays we're dealing with people that actually want to tear each other down. Yes, you deal with people where you go to her to confide in her and then they'd be like oh, well sorry shame yeah or you they know? use it against you yeah yes they use yeah. it against you yeah <laughs> but these women actually yeah they were there and they they're actually very um much matured not older but much matured <laughs> <laughs> and for them to actually trust in my abilities i think it was actually great yeah but it was also a bit of pressure on my side as well good pressure yeah, yeah. not to you know let them down but also most importantly, not to let myself down. Because yes, yes. I got myself in there, I oversold myself. Now I had to step you up. You to show up, yeah. Yeah. So it was very interesting. And I remember when I got in, so the space that I'm in, we look after um, our international subsidiaries. So when I started, it was just eight subsidiaries. And I remember not knowing anything about... So we deal with a lot so, of... So yeah, maybe let's explain what you okay. actually do first. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what I do now, because okay, it's a bit different to what I did then. But what I do now, I'm in ethics and conduct risk. Mm-hmm. So it's heavily regulated and legislation. So it's just making sure that we comply. Basically, it's yeah. compliance. Um, and I look after 14 countries now. Um, just to make sure that their compliance is also um, not just compliant in their countries, but also compliant here because obviously they are our hosts. Okay. Yeah, mm. and they are our sub- subsidiaries, mm-hmm. so it's very tricky. So when you when you start in that position, you have so many expectations and so many um, um, deliverables, different deliverables. In the sense that you have to account to the people in the countries, you have to account to the people here. So it's just uh, a whole lot of people involved. Yeah. And when I started, I remember it was just eight then. Um, even getting the people's names right was a struggle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think it helped me a lot because it was so challenging. Mm. I would stay at work for hours. First of all, I didn't even know what I was doing. It was a specialized um, field. It was financial crime. Mm. And I didn't know anything about it. I was coming from an audit background. So it was a lot of learning on the job, a lot of learning the people, the cultures, but also learning the cultures in the different subsidiaries. Mm. So, and it's in Africa. So it also comes with its own dynamics. Yeah. Um, but now that I look back at it, it's it's very interesting because I think more than anything, you form friendships with the people. And um, a lot of people struggle within the rest of Africa space. And a lot of people don't stay long because it's complicated. It's a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, I think I've almost quit like probably five times. Really? Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's the people and the connections mm. you make that makes a difference. Yeah. So um, how first class when you're coming also, you know, sort of 
kickstarted was during those times where I would travel to the different countries and I would meet different women. Mm. And there would always be the same sort of thread where I meet strong women, you know, women that want to do great for themselves, passionate women. But then there, there'll always be that one thing that I've seen even in my mom. Yeah. Where they actually undermine themselves. Mm. So mm. I would look at them and I'd be like, you guys don't even understand how how powerful you are. Yeah, yeah. You know? And now that I look at even even myself sometimes, you know, that thing where am I really fitting in here? Mm. Is this for me? And a lot of women that I've come across ask themselves those questions. Yeah. And then I was just like, no, that can't be. You know, I promise you, Ned. Every single episode that um, that I've recorded, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome has come up. Yeah, yeah, like it's a it's a very real prevalent thing in our lives. Like we always questioning, should I be here? Am I worthy? Yeah, but you are. But it's just hard to believe it. Exactly. Mm. And my thing is why, you know. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we need to go back. Why is it like this? Why is it that somebody who's in New York, for example, and somebody who's in Zambia, why do they all have the same thing? You know, mm. that same, um, I don't know, feeling that I'm not good enough. Mm. And uh, what I did last year, I started a campaign called Overcoming to Become. And I was like, you know what, guys, let's share. Let's understand. Let's unpack this. Mm. Why do you feel like this? You mm. know, what are you overcoming to make sure that you don't feel like this anymore? And it was so interesting. People were sharing their stories. And some stories were so raw, you know. Some people had been raped. Mm. Some people had been abused. Some people um, had just been, you know, they've lost friends along the way. And I think what was beautiful was that everybody sort of went through something similar. But we always find a way to come out of it. It was actually so beautiful reading those stories because... Even the, the, the tense, it's past tense. Mm. I was, I was. And it was so beautiful to see that people, you just need to voice it out that this is where I was. Yeah. And now this is what I am, you know, mm. becoming. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that was what was the root of it all, that let's just stand up for ourselves. Let's acknowledge that we are powerful human beings. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so tell us a bit more about when you started First Class What is it about? What's the purpose and what's its aim? So first class, I started it in 2017 on Mm. Women's Day. I remember um, taking out the the little poster that I I put together a week before. (laughs) And because I had been contemplating for so long, you know, and I think I I wanted to start it in 2014. So in 2014, I had the opportunity to go to the States for a study program. And when I came, it was on business and entrepreneurship. And then when I came back, I was like, I want to start a business. I just don't know what. And then I started Cheesy Steaks. And I'm like, it doesn't really talk to what I want to achieve. Yes, I want to make money. Yes, I want to feed people delicious cheesy steaks. (laughs) But um, I just felt as though it wasn't really aligned to my purpose, Mm. which is one of my low lights. And I'll talk about cheesy steaks maybe um, later on or sometime. But um, I was like, you know, I want something that's going to touch people's lives. And then um, I I got into contact with um, the CEO of Lionesses of Africa. Okay. Yeah. And then she invited me over 
And because I had cheesy steaks then, so that she invited me over, she told me to subscribe and I did all of that. And then she was particularly interested in my story because she's from the States. And I was bringing this product that is a Philly, Philadelphia cheesesteak essay. So she was very, you know, interested. Yeah. And then she sort of took me in, in a way. And then she she actually invited me to one of the Lionesses of Africa um, events. And then I think it was then where I said, no, I need to do something for women. Yeah. I need to, cheesy steaks is great. One day, um, it's going to create a whole lot of jobs. I'm putting it out there. Yes, it will happen. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But I just felt as though I needed to start somewhere, somewhere home, mm. something that I resonate with. Mm. And then because I had been contemplating starting cheesy steaks, I sent out to the thing a week before and I was like, okay, guys, there's just 10 seats. Because I was also not very confident yeah. that people will respond. Um, now that I'm being honest, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to limit it, 10 seats, that's it. And I, I swear to you, I think within 48 hours, people had already RSVP'd. But most of them were actually friends yeah. or friends of friends, you know? And one person could have been like, oh, but it doesn't really mean much because it's people I know. But I was just like, no, let's see where this that's, goes. That's where you start, right? Exactly. exactly. You start at, like you're saying, start at home. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I met uh, Mangwana, who was still a, a runner-up for Mrs. SA then. And she was also one of the speakers there. And I remember talking to her before actually, you know, starting. And she was really into this idea. And I was like, if somebody else is so into this, I mean, why am I doubting it? Yeah. You know, why am I so... Um, why am I not confident in it? Mm. And then, so that's when I then put it out and then people um, came. It was literally 10 of us. It was a round table. And then if we include speakers, it was around 13 people. Mm. But the amount of depth the conversations carried that day, it was crazy. And you think you know someone because, you know, you have them on social media yeah. or you've been friends. But that day I got to know some of my friends, like, closely enough or deep enough and to a point where everybody in the room was crying yeah um people were sharing because you know how it starts where people so okay maybe i'm just jumping around <laughs> but what it's about it's about women coming together mm. sharing their stories mm. but then in between there we get speakers coming in and these are people that um, specialize in something maybe finance or mental health and so forth but then the crux of it is the discussions yeah. amongst the, the the people so um so when we started we had the conversation what keeps you awake at night which i still keep now because it's such a, a, a deep conversation mm. and when we actually opened that up people were just sharing some of the most incredible things that i was very shocked <laughs> you know um people were sharing some of their journeys and it just shows you that you think you know someone Unless until they actually share their story, mm. which is what you said before we started the conversation. Yeah, I love storytelling, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was mainly about that, and it's it's basically still about that. And the whole drive to Africa is that when I started, I said I want to impact and empower women around me, but then the vision was to impact and empower women in Africa yeah. and then obviously long term globally. Mm. So um so with my travels in Africa for work, I meet different women and through the Lionesses of Africa 
And just on social media, um, I've met the different women that I've now contacted to be the heads of those chapters. Mm. So they're also doing their own thing. So how I chose the women was uh, based on what the work that they're originally doing. Okay. So most of them have their own charities or their own, mm. um, you know, initiatives. And I was like, you know what, instead of me starting from scratch, let's, you know, collaborate, which is something I'm very um, passionate about. Yes. And right now it's, it's taking off slowly, but I guess it's okay. You know, um, we're starting off with the launches. Um, people are only now trying to understand what becoming is about, or the first lesson you're becoming. So um, it has helped with launching this in the yeah. subs. Uh, well, I'm using subs because that's how I use it. Work in the African um, countries. So New York came about. Um, so I met this girl in China. So I had another opportunity to do another study program in China. Mm-hmm in 2017 and then I met this girl who actually stays in New York so you meet a whole lot of people but she and I kept in contact and she was also excuse me doing her own things in New York so um she saw what I was doing here and she was like no you definitely need to bring this here and she was like that I like the fact that it's about the people that come yeah it's not about you know it's not always about the speakers mm. and learning from that, but it's learning from your peers, somebody sitting next to you. Yeah. And that's basically how it started. And then this year I had the opportunity to go and it was incredible. For starters, people trusting me, not even knowing me, <laughs> to come and listen to what I have to, you know, say. So it was really amazing. So now, yeah, that's how. The New York chapter came about. Oh wow! Because I went to event last year. Was it last year? I think I went last yes, year. Yes, last year. And I mean, I, I, I was like red. I hope. Yes. Was... <laughs> we have pictures as evidence. Thanks so much. It's that you're right because the depth of the conversation. You know, it's not like oh, five steps to well, not, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. you know, like the, it's just a different kind of experience. Yeah, that you get at your events, which I also appreciate so much. Unlike some of the other events that I've been to as well. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you get a room for. I mean, how many people were at last year's Joburg event? Um, I think just about thirty. I don't know how you get a room of thirty women to start bawling their eyes out, crying, <laughs> sharing their inner secrets and wishes and dreams. I don't know how you do that, but yeah. guys, it happened to me too, and I'm just like. <laughs> Well, it's not me, and, and this is why I keep saying it's it's the magic that we share together. Mm. It's it's a space where you feel like you know what today I'm gonna share. You you need one person to share. You just need one. You just need one yeah. person, and then everybody else will be like, oh, actually, I'm going through that, you know, mm. or I'm going through something similar, and that's how you just end up having the whole room crying, <laughs> and it, it, it almost. It feels like we're all just family. We're sisters. Like, we're having a sleepover. And then you just, yeah, you know, having conversations. And that's what I like so much mm. about it. Uh, I mean, we learn so much from our speakers and from um, um, the actual experts. Mm. But I think the conversations make it very special. Is um, So, obviously, you've grown immensely in the time, in the short time that you've had um, First Class and you're becoming... Um, what are your other goals for it? Like, where do you see it going beyond where it is now? So, um, <laughs> that's a true question. So,
So I think for now, I, I like how intimate it is because right now I'm getting people saying, why don't you just expand it? Why don't you make it a big conference where there's hundreds of women? And I'm like, first of all, I don't think I'm there yet. Mm. And this is not me, you know, doubting myself or anything. But I don't think I'm there yet because you need experience to to put together something as big as that. Mm. But also, I don't want it to lose its safe space Mm. feeling. I don't want it to lose its intimacy. Mm. So for now, I'm just focusing on, you know, getting different people in, sharing different stories. And like in last year, we had some of the people that were there the year before, and they were sharing their journeys so how how they've grown in yeah, the time since then. Since the, yeah. Yeah. So I think for now I'm just I just want to keep it that way. Obviously there'll be different um, elements to it. So for example, conversations that I had last year, I'll bring in different ones this year. Mm. But yeah, for now I want to keep it as is and okay. not change much. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so can you tell us a bit about some of the highlights in your journey and some of the lowlights in your journey as well? Okay, um I think one of my greatest achievement um, to date is me being part of the golden key when I was in varsity. And I'm saying this because I remember in first year when they came with their blazers and all of that. Yeah. And they, they, you know how it is, <laughs> and their posters. And they're like, guys, you only get invited, you know? And as first years at that time, you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so much pressure. <laughs> and then I remember standing in there and saying, I want to be there. I don't care what it takes. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I remember actually working really hard to make sure that I got in, you know. Mm. And then um, because they, they announced the people, I think, a year later, they only announced like in your second year. And I remember during first year, they made the some announcements and people got in. And I was like broken. I was like, okay, so it didn't happen for me. <laughs> you know, it was that thing that, okay, what went wrong? But then only to realize that that's just how it works. And then I remember getting it second year and I wasn't even expecting it at that point because I had already thought that, you know, it's, it's over. Gone. Yeah, it's gone. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, this is great. But what now? You know, like mm. you got it, but you know, what next? And I think that's always been um sort of my mantra in the sense that I always just want things and when I get them like what now so the reason why this is my greatest achievement is because it has opened so many doors for me so I got to travel to different parts of the world meet different people make um connections Mm. and um one of these is because I was in a business and entrepreneurship um sort of program it taught me a lot about EQ, things that you don't get taught in school, you yeah. know? Um, it taught me a lot about patience. It taught me a lot about dealing with people that you don't know, relating to people. As much as I had my background from back home, mm. but this teaches you um, how to deal with different people. So now there's an element of bringing in males, you know, um, different ethnicities. So... Um, I think that journey has sort of shaped me into who I am right now. Very open-minded, mm. very, um, I relate to everyone and anyone. Mm. So I think that was one of my greatest achievements and that it opened so many doors for me to actually explore myself and grow mm. through meeting other people. And then um, becoming as well, I think, is also one of my highlights. 
And again, also because not only do I impact other women, but they impact me. Yes. Like I've grown so much. I meet so many incredible yeah. women. And by incredible, I don't mean that everyone is a superwoman. I don't mean everyone has their own business. I don't mean everyone has it together. Mm. I've met people that are broken, but I've learned so much from yeah. them. So it's 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 just been a, an incredible journey of learning. And then low lights, as mentioned a bit earlier, um, I think is the the pause in my business journey with cheesy steaks and there was a point where um it was getting too much so because i had started a new job there was traveling um i was doing cheesy steaks over the weekend but it takes so much time to prep and so forth to a point where i literally had another sort of depression breakdown type of thing and then um, i remember seeing a therapist and then the therapist was like you need to choose you, you can't do everything. You can't, you like, it's too much for you. Mm. And hearing that from a professional sucks. But yes. then, you know. Because you want to do everything. Exactly. It's not nice to hear that you can't, or at least you can't right now. But exactly. Yeah. No, like, it, it, it was bad, mm. you know. But then I think hearing it from yourself is the worst. Because then at that point, you're actually realizing that, okay, no, it actually is deep. Mm. You know, and I think that journey of yourself telling yourself takes long because you tell yourself that, no, I have time. No, I can, you know, survive 24 hours or whatever hours without mm. sleep. But I think the, the moment where you actually like, you okay, know, start working, I think that's the deep one. And I think um, I went through that with cheesy steaks. So now what I'm doing, I incorporate it into um, first house on your becoming okay. so wherever i can i make the cheesy steaks then i do that so we did cheesy steaks in durban recently and then i remember even when we started the the, the very first one we had cheesy steaks oh okay so that gives me a bit of comfort mm. um and I, I treat it as a low light in that i didn't really get it where i wanted it to be but i'm also content with it being a low light for now Mm, for now yeah for now <laughs> i like i like i like for now you know yeah yeah <laughs> the journey is ongoing yeah mm, mm. yeah so yeah i think that that's basically that and i think if we get a bit personal like one of the highlights of my life is meeting my soulmate oh. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm saying this because um it's not just you know a passionate relationship but he's my partner mm. like he's he's dealt with so much of my anxieties and depressions, like he's felt that, and he's he's been there. He's he's always telling me that. No, remember who you are. You are a beast. You are this. You are this. You know. And I think him being a part of my life changed a whole lot of things about how I felt about myself as well. Mm. Because he always makes sure that I know that I'm good at something. Mm. I know that I can do something. Because I remember even when I sent out the very first um, first class on you becoming poster, he was like, relax, it's going to happen, you know? So having that person in your corner helps a lot. Yeah. And it, it's, it just makes it better if he's your partner or if you're romantically involved. Yeah. <laughs> but having that friend. It's like a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah. Having that friend, I think, has been a really like contributing factor to where I am now and mm. me being calm because yeah otherwise I'd be crazy <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna be a missus soon congrats <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> uh, okay okay yeah so okay. yeah so um what I always ask my guests on this show is um 
if you could go back. So yeah, my favorite quote is "Be who you needed when you were younger." I remember that. Yeah, I mentioned From it. Last year. Yes, yes. <laughs> and see, I'm I'm living being who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's it about. Works. Okay, so if you could go back, if you could go all the way back, um, um, to an age, any age, what would you tell your younger self? I think the age where I was mostly um, insecure was in high school. Mm. Um, and mainly because you know how people in high school are so insensitive. You know, there was a phase where I was really skinny in primary school. And then, um, again, I was on another exchange program in another country. I was living with a different family for about three months. Um, and then I came back and I had gained like double um, <laughs> what I was before. Mm. So I had to deal a lot, uh, a whole lot with um, body shaming. I had to deal mm. a lot with people spreading rumors. Mm. Um, I had to deal with a lot of friendship breakups. I think people don't understand what that does to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I recently had one of those. Yes. Yeah, you know how it is, right? And I think it's even deeper than like a relationship. (laughs) So I think back then I was like at my lowest, and I think if I could go back, I would tell that person that don't change. Because and the reason I'm saying this is because whenever I gain weight, then I would starve myself. I need to lose this weight, or I need to do whatever, whatever, you know, yeah. I'd always make sure that um, I always look nice, my hair, you know how in high school people would be like, oh, the prettiest girl in school is whoever, whoever, not knowing that that breaks other girls, yes. you know, um, so I, I think I dealt with a whole lot of insecurities, but if I could go back now, I'd be like, don't change, do you, you know, let the world adapt to who you are, if they think you're fat and ugly, that's fine. That's what you are to them. But then it doesn't mean anything, mm. you know? Mm. So I tell that person that just to you, don't change anything. Don't change anything about yourself. Yeah. yeah. I wish somebody told me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, somebody is going to hear this and somebody probably needs to hear this. So Yeah. 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 Go, with, go with the motions. Just, you know, let it happen. Let it teach you something. Because not... No one is perfect, mm. you know? Mm. So we learn from whatever bad thing we think is happening at that time. Mm. So just let it happen. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I tell myself. That's <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, before we wrap up, um, can you please just tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you or any of your organizations if they would like to? So um, we have an Instagram page, which is where we are mostly active. Mm. And then we all, oh, it's called at first class on your becoming one word. Um, We also have a Facebook page, which is the same name. We are on LinkedIn, but not very active. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to get in touch, you can just get in touch with me personally on LinkedIn. Not all Peter. Yeah. So that's basically that. And we are having one again. In August, yeah, I am advertising every Women's Day. <laughs> I would, I will advertise for you because I can vouch for it. Yeah, no, <laughs> so no it's no. on Women's Day. Again, yeah, assuming. yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So the details will be on our um, social media. Oh, another important thing: 
we have a website. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forget because, you know, social media is just so easy. Mm. But, yeah, we also have a website and it also has all the details of the events and so forth. Mm. It's also fcoyb.org. Okay. Yes. Thank, thank you so much, girl. Thank this you for so coming. Thank you for coming onto the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing your story. Yes. I I know a lot of people will be touched and inspired by your story. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> We're not having your story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like this episode, take a screenshot and share it with us on Instagram or Twitter at SheBrigade. Don't forget to leave us your feedback by giving us a rating and review on iTunes. See you in the next episode. Bye.